This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to another episode of the blue turf this is that bell from the kansas city soccer journal with me as usual i have eric bergrud voice of the comets sometimes of the league and knowledgeable soccer guy especially indoor how are you doing today eric good I, the only thing i would change is voice of the one and oh kansas city comments it was uh it was an entertaining game wasn't it well, I, I think we went in not knowing what to expect, particularly since Milwaukee had already played one game. They had a tougher-than-expected game at St. Louis on Friday, beating the ambush in overtime 2-1. And the Comets, uh, you could just tell they were pumped up for this game. There was music playing in the locker room when I went down there pregame. The players got on the field earlier than normal. This was the only game on the regular season schedule against Milwaukee and and the Comets came ready to win. So just kind of a, a quick recap of how the game went. Comets got off, uh, scored early, a couple of goals. One of them, the, the first goal actually was really an own goal by Milwaukee, but indoor doesn't count it that way. So Zach Reggett got credit for the goal. Henry Ramirez followed up a couple minutes. Well, just a little bit later, like 30 seconds later from an assist from Sosa. A few minutes later, Milwaukee clawed one back. Uh, power, power play goals uh, early yep. on for Milwaukee. And so the uh, power play unit or power play defense unit for the Comets, probably not their best performance ever. It's something I'm sure they're working on in practice this week. 
And then everybody's friend, Derek Huffman, with the other Milwaukee goal from the power play. That was a great goal, a little cheeky uh, side, uh, maybe off the heel kick, and uh, that that was one of the more entertaining goals of the game. No, it, it, all credit to him. It was a good goal. Uh, just to finish out the the first half, Kansas City scored. The it went into half at six three. The uh, the lone the other goal that uh, Milwaukee scored was a little bit of a, a bad turnover from Neto, but other than that. It was a pretty solid game from Kansas City in that first half. Yeah, I think on the Neto goal, um, from my angle, I'm so, so Nick Bassus and I are sort of behind the play where it happens is he was carrying the ball out. Should somebody have told him uh, to watch out and get rid of it quicker, perhaps, but it was a really good uh defensive play or defensive play by Ricardo Carvalho putting pressure on Neto stealing the ball one time to enter the goal but but short of that uh one of Neto's better games in in Kansas City he was a wall there um on that back yeah I forget how many actual stops he made but it was uh it was a really solid game from him other than that one mistake yeah uh, everything that that you'd want to see his positioning was great. He made some fantastic saves and um, total save 16 for the game, which is a, a, a pretty busy afternoon. And um, I, I think he started the transition. Well, I know Milwaukee absolutely was trying to start the transition through William Bonahene, will he be? Um, but uh, other than the penalty kill, I think all aspects of the game net positive for the comments. Yeah, I would agree. And then the the second half kind of slowed down a little bit as far as the scoring went. Comets added three more, shut out Milwaukee for the rest for the second half. Well, you you kind of overlooked the banger hat trick goal for Zach Reggett. That that goal in the first half, the free kick was called. John Sosa's on the right side of the field, and he saw that Zach Reggett was all alone on the left wing and just lofted a ball that Reggett volleyed first time top shelf uh maybe too early to talk about goal of the year candidates but that's one people are going to remember for quite some time yeah not trying to skip over that too much but I, I think I just have high expectations he's always going to score some bangers right for sure talking about the defense though Neto had a good game I was just looking at the the stats uh Robert Palmer had 10 blocks yeah and so we're recording this before the league announces the players of the week I'll share for the benefit of the blue turf subscribers and listeners who I voted for so the league's doing things differently this year um it up until this year it had been an offensive player of the week and a defensive player of the week and I think that this is a, a comment I made on air I think there was a a certain team in in the Western Conference who always felt that the goalkeepers were getting all the awards and not the defenders, and so they've added a um, a separate goalkeeper category. And so, to find out the identity of that team that I outed, uh, and I guess I got some flack for it on Twitch. Go back to the broadcast; you can hear what I had to say about that. I think it was in the fourth quarter, but um, I'll tell you who I voted for. I voted for Neto in goal, uh, sixteen saves only three goals allowed 
compared to the other goalkeepers, um, you know, goalkeepers with more saves, but with losses. So I thought that Neto hit the sweet spot. I voted for, for Birdo by far uh, the most blocks, uh, 10 blocks, as you said. And it was a tough one for me because both uh, Reagan and Sosa were up for offensive player of the week. Sosa in the offensive rather than defensive category, but on the strength of the goal, uh, that banger we discussed and the fact that I kind of called my shot on air that Reggett was the likely candidate for player of the week. I felt like I, I should have voted for him. So those were my picks. And I guess we'll see later this week, how the rest of the voters in the league uh, felt. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I would say voting for Zach on that one. Uh, Sosa with the goal and three assists, I believe Mm -hmm. for a total of four points. Yep. Had the more points and played a really tremendous game. I wonder if he gets up to play against Huffman, like Huffman claims he gets up to play against Sosa. But anyway. Well, I, I'll tell you, speaking about Huffman, give Berto credit because they wound up switching and, and having Berto man-marking him most of the game. And and after that one goal, Huffman got shut down. He did. For sure in the second half. And and so Berto blocked a lot of shots, but he was directly on Huffman's back there for most of that game. And again, in some fairness, I just kind of giving Huffman a little bit of crap because I know he likes to give the comments and Sosa specifically a lot of crap. But so I was just throwing a little bit back there. He's very talented player, and uh, he, he was really one of their best players in the, their two games this this last weekend, for sure. And um, I mean, he he does. He's not just all talk; he is action. I think that Milwaukee fans spent a lot of time last week. Uh, not necessarily defending Huffman, but uh, kind of like championing him with with banner with Comets fans, and uh, it was interesting. I, I, the broadcasters are supposed to keep an eye on what's happening on Twitch, and some Milwaukee fans were getting really despondent in terms of whether their season is over, and it's only two games in with 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 one road win, granted an overtime win already. They haven't even played at home yet, and. Uh, and the end was near for some of those uh, Wave fans. Well, on, on the plus side for them is they don't have to play Kansas City anymore until the playoffs. Well, and and we'll see. I mean, if you look at the format this year, last year five teams qualified in each conference for the playoffs. This year it's only four. And so there are seven teams in the Eastern Conference, and you can do some math. That means three teams aren't going to make it. And so I, I think that there's going to be hard battles. Monterey, we haven't talked about them yet. They looked really good from what I saw on, on Sunday handling Empire. And so I think it's going to be a battle. We haven't seen Baltimore yet. They get their first action. We haven't seen Utica yet. They get their first action. We'll see. It's going to play out weird this year. Well, it seems like every year just because of the, the total imbalance in schedules where Last year, Comets played Milwaukee six times, St. Louis six times, but then didn't play some of the other teams that were weaker. And it was, it's just the way it is. Can complain about it every once in a while, but it's not going to do any good. That's right. With uh, just go back to the 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 defenders though. Uh, Palmer had a good game, but Sosa also had what four blocks, I believe, and Andreas had five, I believe. So. A lot yeah. of good defensive work there. Is that the new coach coming into play there? Well, and Andreas was playing different positions too. He was all over the field. Ray Lee, I thought, was strong both ways. He went up scoring a goal. 
And um, DeBray Holloman played multiple shifts. I thought he looked good. The player that impressed me for his first professional game was Mikey Lennis. So he got two assists, could have had a goal. Uh, he looked like he was extremely comfortable out there. And I, we talked about him without divulging his identity a, a few weeks back. He's a player. He is. And the longer he plays the indoor game, the more talented he's going to get at the indoor game. He's got plenty of talent. And I think his I think his outdoor game transfers very well to the indoor game. There's been lots of guys come from outdoor that don't transfer as well. So you always have to wait and see how it really turns out. First game, got to give him some time to see how that works out. But what are the – I'm just going to throw an anecdote out there. When I was at practice the other day, last week, uh, Robert Palmer grabbed several of the younger guys, the younger attackers, uh, Linus, uh, Henry, um, a couple other of the younger attackers and over there and started making them attack him and then brought Leo over as the other forward for them to play off of. So they were, they were, they would have to attack him, make, you know, get the defender to move, get the ball back, play it over to, to Leo, make the proper run. And, you know, Robert was giving them different ways to make their run. Like he would, he would show them a little bit and force them to go that way. And if they didn't, they got punished, but it was, a couple of veterans showing younger guys how to play the game better. And I think those guys like Henry and Lennis and some of the others will just benefit from that greatly. Well, the other, I totally agree with that. And I actually read that on Casey soccer journal, subscribe if you don't already. So um, the other person we haven't talked about is Nacho two goals. He's played multiple. I mean, he can definitely play multiple positions midfield and in the back and his header was sweet. And uh, he's not necessarily the person you, expect to be up near the top on the score sheet, but he had quite an impressive game as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I feel like most years he has a couple of games where he'll knock in a, a couple goals or a goal and a couple of assists and he'll look really spectacular. And he just, he doesn't always string that together because of a lot of times it's, there's been injuries that he just hasn't been himself or, or be able to be his best. So he's healthy right now probably as healthy as he's been. So if he can just keep that up, he's going to be a bigger player for the Comets than a lot of fans will probably realize based on past. Yeah, I think that's right. The, the other thing that um, was noticeable to me in the first half, Leo Gibson was standing on the coach's bench, for lack of a better word, didn't play, came in in the second half, and you could see an adjustment that Coach Stokic made. And so uh, in the first half, uh, Rion Marquez and Zach Reggett 
pivoted off as target, right? But in the second half, you had two forwards, two targets playing at the same time. You had Reagan and Marquez or Reagan and Gibson, and it created some defensive challenges for Milwaukee because it's like, who do you mark? And so it it opened up space for Kansas City as well. And I don't feel like I'm sharing a state secret. I mean, anybody who's going to watch the game is going to see it. Just like last year, you could watch the game and see, oh, the, the Comets are going to get counterattacked throughout the game. And, and so it's it's incumbent on both teams to adjust. And I thought that Coach Stokic made the better adjustments at halftime on Sunday. And I, I wonder if it was a planned thing to see how it went or if it was I, I haven't got a chance to talk to coach since the the game but hopefully we'll do that tomorrow but it's uh it'll be very interesting to see if that's a plan thing or it just is he's making changes based upon how the game was going or you know trying to share some load or however he wanted doing that it, uh, I was actually surprised to see a Leo standing up there for the entire first half uh and then once he got in you know he he brings that knowledge to the game he does. And uh, what's going to be interesting this year is there's so much talent on this team. How do you spread it around? And so Leo, uh, not only adjusting from player coach back to player, but also maybe not so much the star anymore and 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 taking a step back. How does he make that adjustment? We haven't talked about Lucas Souza scored. Yep. Uh, there's so many players who not only want the ball, but deserve the ball. I think one of the challenges for coach Stokic this year is I have all this talent. How am I going to use it? And one player who didn't even get a chance to suit up on, on Sunday, uh, you talked about defense is former league defender of the year, Chad Vandegrift, who will play this week against St. Louis. And so, you talked about Birdo in the back and 10 blocks and, and how dominant he was at Chan at Chad Vandegrift to that mix. Right. And what do you think about the Comets uh, defensive depth? Well, you, you kind of jumped into where I was going to go next, but because uh, you had mentioned the last year they were very vulnerable to the counters. It felt like Milwaukee was trying to do that this year, this this game, but it was getting shut down almost every time. Yeah, and so you could see – Every time Willie B got up with the ball, it was outlet, 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 which is what you're supposed to do. But Kansas City defended better. And I think you saw some of the younger guys getting more shifts. What was fascinating to me in the first quarter is typically you would see two lines and and sort of consistency is if you're on the first line, you 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 tag team with a second line and back and forth. Coach Stokic was putting in all sorts of interesting conversations we saw a lot of Lalo we saw a lot of Ramirez and so it was and then Andreas and so it, it wasn't just the veterans it was a lot of people who were going to chase after the ball not only chase after the ball attacking but chasing back to prevent what you were saying that to prevent getting countered yeah it was it was not only the defenders it was the midfielders it was the forwards who were all doing that work to be better defensively. Uh, early on, you'd mentioned Lennis. What did you see from him? Like, what did, I mean, what specifically do you think he could still be better at? Not getting a red or not getting a blue card early. That would be good. No, not getting a blue card early. I mean, I, 
a lot of it is just positioning. And I think you, you mentioned Birdo taking players aside, knowing where to be on the field, knowing how to use the boards, knowing how to make runs off the ball. There is a transition transition from the outdoor game to the indoor game. And uh, I've had conversations with general manager, Brian Budzinski about this in the past. And he says on an average, it takes three years to make that full transition. I think Lennis is on a, on a quicker curve than that. I mean, he, he, he gets this game. And um, I think what's going to be interesting is, okay, so where does he fit in? And, and I think you're going to see more games this year where, where hold the backup goalkeeper aside the remaining 15 of the 16 suited they're all getting time. It's not going to be, oh, let's wait until we have a seven-point lead in the fourth quarter and then we'll let everybody play. I think players are going to play, and this is a very different look for this Comets team. And just one game in, I'm I'm loving it at the moment. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I mean, it's early, but if you look ahead at the schedule, we'll talk about St. Louis coming to town this week, but there's a good opportunity for the, the Comets – to, to peel off some wins early on before they have to take that, that massive uh, six game road trip in, in January, but building some wins early would only be good. in what's going to be a seriously competitive Eastern conference. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I want to change, change direction on you a little bit here, Eric, if that's okay. Sure. We've been talking about how good the comments were in this game. Was it the comments were really good or was it potentially that Milwaukee was mediocre? Because as you mentioned, their fans were worried because they've got one either game. They didn't look great in St. Louis. St. Louis, you know, was the leading for most of the game. They they got the win in overtime, but they weren't looking that great. Either team, actually. Was it more that Milwaukee was missing some players and maybe just aren't as good as they were? Or was it the comments were just really good? That's actually a really good question. Let me let me uh, take a couple shots at answering this. From Milwaukee, I think the fact that they played in St. Louis a, a day and a half prior, it cuts both ways. Since this opening weekend, they got the jitters out game one. And so the Comets had to deal with the jitters by themselves with Milwaukee already coming in with the game. But I think their legs, that's the big question. You have... Uh, some younger guys on Milwaukee, but some veterans on there and, and playing two games that early in the season in short order 
that might have been uh, a telling factor for Milwaukee. I think before we declare anything on this Milwaukee team this season, be good to see them in a weekend where they only have one game and where that one game is at home. And I think you're going to see a noticeable difference. They, uh, not to the extent that Empire got a tough draw, Empire got a really tough draw going to Chihuahua and then Monterey on a Friday, Saturday or Friday, Sunday. I think um, Milwaukee got a fairly tough draw. And St. Louis wound up being a tougher opponent than they probably expected on Friday. And they had to win in overtime. So they had to take it even longer on Friday. Come come to Kansas City against a fresh team. Yeah, the Comets are better, but uh, Milwaukee wasn't nearly as fresh as the Comets were. Yeah. At least it wasn't like some of the games last year where it was a Friday night, Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, Sunday afternoon game. So kudos for that. Well, the one thing I'd say, and and I've heard Phil Lavanco mention this both on MASL Monday as well as on goals and boards is uh, he texted me during the game. Uh, I don't know, like five minutes left. And I mentioned it on air Thad that you would have to look way, way, way back to find the, the, the last time Ian Bennett got shut out in consecutive games and it just happened. And so he, to me, from my vantage point, it looks like he was pressing a little bit more than usual. Normally the shots just go in and it looks like he was pressing a little bit more and they were going wide. They were going high. And it's not, not something that we expected clearly not because I had identified him as the player to watch for Milwaukee. And um, I expected him to bounce back after that St. Louis uh, game on Friday, and it didn't happen. Well, it was uh, it was good to watch him not score because he normally is a comet killer. I mean, as far as at least getting a goal or two, he's always scoring on Kansas City. But it's good if they can keep him uh, from doing that. Well, and we'll see. I mean, uh, Wave fans definitely want a, a shot at the Comets in the playoffs. I'm sure Wave players do, but. April is a long, long, long time away, and a lot can happen between now and then. And frankly, there's no guarantee that both teams will make the playoffs. And I'm not suggesting at all that that's a slam on Milwaukee. I'm just saying there are probably five teams that are going to be battling for four spots. And it's going to be tough to to earn a spot because somebody's going to be the odd team out. Which team do you think isn't going to be even competing for a spot? Well, I, I'll say this. I think that across the league, teams have gotten better. And um, I want to be careful because I don't want to be responsible for any bulletin board material. But I think that um, if you take Florida out of the equation, because they're not playing this year, you had four teams that are still in the Eastern Conference who demonstrated their quality and and they're expected to be back in the in the playoffs and that would be Baltimore, uh, Milwaukee, Utica, and Kansas City. You add Monterey to the mix, and some people are projecting Monterey as being the uh, the potential favorite to win the division. That's five right there. I will say that both Harrisburg and St. Louis have gotten better. If you look at St. Louis the other night, they looked much better defensively against Milwaukee than what we've seen in years past. I think the challenge is they've got to figure out who's scoring goals for them. Harrisburg has added some veterans on their team. The trick is 
everybody else has been adding talent too. So yes, St. Louis got better, but so did Kansas City. Yes, Harrisburg got better, but Milwaukee added some serious talent. We saw Correa with a game-winning goal on Friday in St. Louis and Carballo from Florida with two goals against the Comets on, on Sunday. So every team is ratcheting it up. So if you didn't make the playoffs last year and you've gotten better, you're still looking up at teams that have reloaded. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thankfully for the Florida dispersal draft, essentially, several teams have in- increased. Yeah, and I think I think that's worked out well. I think that um, for, for Kansas City and Milwaukee, I think San Diego with Drew Ruggles, I think in indoor soccer history, every time there's been some sort of dispersal, whether it's been formal or informal, the quality of the league, the remaining teams, the quality has gotten better. And I think we'll we'll see this in, in the MASL as well. I do too. And I think a lot of teams are also being a little bit better about bringing in players from outdoor young guys to not all of them, but from what I've seen, a lot of them have. All right. Uh, next game up is St. Louis. And we've already talked about them a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of familiar faces on St. Louis. So Richard Schmerman was involved in that trade with Harrisburg and Zach Reggett, and he bounced his way back to St. Louis. He returns there. Ali Sodal is there. Mike De Silva, who also went to Harrisburg, is there. So you're going to see a, a, a lot of people who Comets fans are very familiar with. Paulo was terrific in goal the other night and would expect him to have another great game. William Escape for me is one of the elite transition players in the league. And he's somebody we're going to keep a close eye on. I think the challenge with, with the ambush has been where the goal is going to come from, because not saying that Kansas city can or will score nine goals a game, but if Kansas city scores seven or eight, where are the seven or eight goals or the eight or nine goals coming from, from St. Louis. And that's something they've got to think about and work on. Yeah, especially with an improved Kansas City defense. It is interesting, though, because uh, they have, what, four former comments there? Togba, Schmerman. Forgot Desilva. about Togba, and that was this, the most recent trade. Right. Wearing but number was, 66 now. I was trying to make sure that I mentioned him just because I was I was thinking, and I was like, did he say that? Did he mention Togba? So I was I trying not. to make sure. Yeah, and so and, and where he fits in. and um, But, yeah, Comets fans, I, I would expect will give – um, sincere, loud applause for those four players on Sunday. It's going to be great to see them back. And and um, this should make it an even more competitive battle. But if you look at Kansas City, I think that, that the last couple of years, in a way, it's been a disappointment because this has been a team that should be good enough to go the distance and hasn't. This year's team is even better than any of those teams, any of those rosters the last three years. I have no doubt about it. At every position, this team is better. I I would agree. And even if it's not the starter at that position, it's the depth behind that position. Yeah, so. for sure. All right. Any any predictions? Kansas City win? St. Louis? They should win. They, I mean – Traditionally, it's been a challenge for the ambush to win in Kansas City. I mean, it, I, I would imagine Kansas City expects to win. I'll be interested to see if 
St. Louis uses their game plan against Milwaukee as a blueprint for how they want to approach the Comets. How do you limit the scoring? How do you play uh, four or five guys behind the ball? And, and, and how do you remain disciplined for 60 minutes? I expect to see some of that from St. Louis as well. They need to finish their shots. And I think that, that uh, if you look at the replay of the St. Louis Milwaukee game, it's not that the ambush didn't have chances. I mean, ultimately, if they can convert their chances that weren't going in, they can be very competitive on Sunday. No doubt. All right, I, I do want to blow uh, the Kansas City Soccer Journal's horn just a little bit. One of the guys on our site, Mike Kuhn, if anybody doesn't know him, he's on Twitter at Down the Byline. And he keeps stats. He's fanatic about it. And he keeps imp- adding and improving every year. Just It's an incredible amount of tracking of he, what he does across everything. He's followed the comments, and he's had comment stats on there the, since he's started doing these regular posts about it. But now he's went back to the old Comets history, the Comets and the attack. So Comets 1, attack, Comets 2, this being the Comets 3. That's not the real name, of course. But So he even he'll have listed in this uh, article, he does regular article, he calls it juice boxes and post-game stats, kind of a sit-down post-game and have juice boxes, That's that kind of mentality, but talk about the stats and... Just so a couple of the ones he has on here was Sosa's three assists gave him 227 in all competitions for Kansas City, moving him head of the legendary Goran Hunyak and into fifth place for assists in all of Kansas City indoor soccer history. Yeah, which is impressive. We talked briefly about scoring Goran on Sunday's broadcast because Leo Gibson joined Hunyak as one of the five players who has played professional indoor soccer in Kansas City at age 40 or beyond. So kudos to Sosa for being in in that quality of player. And and who are the other people to play past that age? Oh, so um, in addition to Leo Gibson and Goran Hunyak, Jurgen Christensen, people know primarily as a Wichita wing, but he, he played briefly in Kansas City. St. Louis's uh, goalkeeper coach, Jamie Swanner, who spent some uh, uh, quality time at the end of his career playing for the attack. And I have to go back to my notes. I'm trying to remember who the fifth one was. I'm drawing an absolute blank, but it'll come to me after we we stop recording. Uh, no problem. Uh, just trivia that nobody else would know, but I scored on Jamie Swanner once. That's, was it a well, kid's indoor soccer camp and he was taking shots from parents and I scored on yeah, him. So. That's good to know. Uh, oh, then do you have one more Sosa uh, tidbit here? Yeah, the four goals and assists gave him 310 in league play for Kansas City, moved him ahead of Brian Haynes and into eighth place all time in Kansas City indoor history. Brian Haynes was a tremendous player, left-footed player. He could, uh, he had pace, he had a wicked shot and uh, I know that the Comets are trying to bring back some sort of alumni event this year. I know that that Brian Roth in the office has talked to Brian Haynes. It'd be interesting to see if both Haynes and Hunyak will make an appearance this year. When we have more details, we can definitely share that. But I think that the goal uh, of this Comets organization is to connect back with the previous generations in whatever way it makes sense. And um, I'm hoping for a great alumni turnout this year. Yeah, it's uh, I, I do love that the Comets do that all, every year. You know, some form of a 
alumni game or an alumni night and bringing in past players, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Comets fans remember them from the old days and it's just, it's always a good time for that. For certain. All right. Anything else we should remember? And uh, just as a note, there's more stats over there that Mike has about the game, uh, players make, you know, milestones, you know, Rayleigh's goal was 200th and at home against Milwaukee wave, things like that for the, the, for the current Comets. So subscribe to KC Soccer Journal, right? That way you'll get it in your inbox. Absolutely. But anything else we should be covering today? No, other than uh, where the Comets are expecting a great crowd on Sunday. If you haven't gotten your tickets, you probably ought to do so pretty quickly. I expect a boisterous crowd. It's always uh, an entertaining event when Kansas City and St. Louis play each other and maybe heighten just a little bit bad because of the growing rivalry between Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis City FC this this uh, MLS season. And I think that Kansas City fans uh, are feeling pretty good about their soccer teams. Even though Sporting got knocked out, they lasted longer than St. Louis did. And uh, I think there may be some more bragging rights on the line this Sunday. Yeah, I think historically uh, St. Louis doesn't have a lot of room to talk about in recent years. They do have the the old history. They have the old history, and there's no doubt about that. For uh, sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely have a lot of people talking trash on social media about those two cities and soccer right lately. So, all right. Pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, we will hopefully talk again a little bit in the near future. And if not, I will see you at the game. Looking forward to it, Thad, as always. No competing uh, other games i think this weekend so that's good that's right everybody uh come on out and watch kansas city hopefully defeat the ambush we are out <laughs>